Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to our show today. Randy, we're continuing our journey through the God of the Second Chance, and we've been looking at characters in the Bible who uh, sexually strayed and were given a second chance. Well, you previewed a little bit, I think, last uh, show on this week's subject, and I'm rather uh, I'm eager for us to jump in with both feet and start talking about uh, the man of the hour. The man of the hour, Samson. Uh, which in Hebrew means distinguished, and he was generally regarded, uh, I think most people know Samson as God's uh, strongest man. So just to summarize, we uh, in the Old Testament have looked at God's uh, greatest king, David, and we've looked at Solomon last week, God's wisest man, and today we're going to complete our hat trick of uh, these three guys and go to God's strongest man. Samson. Let's just uh, tell a little bit about the uh, backstory here of Samson. It's a rather fascinating story. It's one of those ones that I was reading an article in Time Magazine over in the doctor's office. Hollywood has evidently made a turn back toward uh, Christian messages and stories, and they're even hiring Christian consultants to help them know how to reach out to Christian audiences. So, you know, in the last several months, we've had uh, Movies like Noah and Heaven is for Real and um, what's the, the other Son one? Of God. The Son of God, The Life of Christ, and yet another Life of Christ. So I, I was just aware that, you know, and back in the 50s, back in the days of the uh, advent of Technicolor films, there were some biblical epics that were put on the screen. The Ten Commandments, uh, Samson, I remember, was one of those ones that was uh, done. Our audience can correct us, but I think it was played by Victor Mature. You know, in that movie, we tend to remember the fact that uh, Samson, you know, did all these great feats of strength. But let's, let's, you know, just look at this in terms of the biblical history here. Samson lived in a very dark period of the history of Israel. He came after Joshua. Joshua, of course, was the great leader who led them across uh, the River Jordan, defeated all the enemies, retook the land, uh, the walls of Jericho, and all of that. But when uh, the generations that came even immediately after Joshua, who had kind of forgotten the influence of Joshua's leadership, the people of Israel uh, fell into a, you know, a rather lawless and faithless period of time. Uh, the author of the book of Judges uh, summarized these times by declaring, this is Judges 17, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So they weren't following God's commandments. They were following their own judgments, their own pleasures. Uh, it was a lawless and, and completely sinful time. Does that sound familiar? Well, it, it, it's a dangerous time when you realize that uh, laws are open to your own personal interpretation. That's right, kind of your own individual ethic. And there would be many, I think, who would say we're pursuing that to a certain extent today. We won't get into current political and sociological 
uh, speculations, but back then the laws of Moses, the Ten Commandments and so forth, were being ignored. Samson was a product of that age, but like so many Bible stories, he's, uh, he's one of the examples in a lawless time uh, of growing up in a faithful family. The book of Judges tells us in the 13th chapter that his parents were uh, faithful, but that uh, it was also a very difficult time for everyone in that they were being oppressed by the power of the day, which uh, were the Philistines. The Philistines were neighbors to the West primarily, and uh, they were giving them a hard time. And Samson was one of the leaders who became a judge. Judges were kind of like the rulers or the... They were a combination ruler, prophet, strongman, you know, military force. Uh, there were even, uh, you know, female uh, judges, as we know. But uh, Samson was uh, one of those leaders called by God through his great strength to defend the people against the uh, Philistines. Okay, so you, you lost me there a little bit in the fact that I'm surprised to hear you say that women were allowed to be judges, and we just talked last week about how powerless women really were back in those days. So it, it uh, surprises me to hear you say that. There were women who were allowed to be in that position. They were, I mean, a judge was uh, uh, called and anointed by God. So, I mean, if uh, they had customs and kind of social norms, but... Uh, nevertheless, God uh, saw women of faith and strength, and they were allowed to have positions of uh, leadership. Uh, next week in our seventh episode of this uh, series we're on, we'll talk about how God has even used women of some ill repute to uh, lead some things, and that woman was Tamar, one of the Tamars that appears in the Old Testament. So at what point is it established, uh, and maybe I'm jumping ahead in the story, but when is it uh, established that uh, Samson's incredible strength was uh, uh, initiated uh, in his, with his hair? Well, there's some. we haven't got to the hair part yet, because okay. that's not revealed until he gets into trouble with uh, Delilah later. But his youth and his growing up years were full of examples of his feats of great strength. With his, This is one of my favorites. With his bare hands, he killed a young lion. I remember that being in the, the biblical epic back from the 50s. Okay. A lion attacks, and he basically strangles the lion. Who played the part of the lion? Uh, I think that was uh, okay. Bert Lahr, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, no, no, that that was rather quick. I I appreciated that. I didn't... uh... No, that was in The Wizard of Oz. Okay. I think it was an actual lion. Now, how they did it, I don't know. They probably uh, drugged him for the movie. But but anyway, he strangles the lion. Another great example is he gathered 300 foxes. This is all in the uh, 15th and 14th chapter of uh, the book of Judges. He took these 300 foxes, tied them together. So can you imagine the strength that would have That's taken? That's a full, day, full day's work. Yes, it's a, yes. <laughs> so he sent them through the grain fields of the Philistines, and he lit their tails so that they were torches. Uh, so these 300 foxes <laughs> were scampering through uh, the fields of the Philistines so that they would destroy the crops. On one occasion, he broke the ropes with which the enemy had uh, captured him, bound him. This is Judges 15, verse 14. Uh, He broke out of that. He killed a thousand Philistine soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey. He used that for a weapon. I remember that being in the movie, too. Finally, he carried away the massive gate of 
of Gaza. We talked today about the Gaza Strip, but the the mighty massive gate of the city of Gaza, which at that time was the city of the Philistines, when they thought they had him trapped behind the city walls in Judges 16. So, you know, throughout his early life, he's uh, demonstrating that God has bestowed him with great physical strength, and he's using that strength as a judge to uh, defend the people and uh, return the oppression back upon the Philistines. Now, we come to, um, really, I, I think it's a good example of what we talk around here of being the ampersand, meaning that it's an and here. So he was a great uh, leader in that way. He had you know, military strength, physical strength. Um, but in spite of that, he was a foolish man. He took, uh, at times, vengeance on those who used devious means to discover the answer uh, to one of his riddles. This is in Judges uh, 14. When deceived by his enemies, his only thought was for revenge, in spite of the Jewish law that says that vengeance was uh, the Lord's, it belonged to him. So he's, he's proving himself as a young man to be kind of, at some levels, full of his own strength, and he used that strength sometimes in terms of the expression of inappropriate anger. so At this point, let's uh, take our break, Mark, and when we come back, uh, we're eager to hear the kind of the, the heart of the rest of the story, uh, if you will, and, uh, and see just why Samson qualifies as, uh, as today's focal figure uh, in our study of the God of Second Chances. You're listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser, and we'll be right back. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Trigger of the week, Randy. We were talking uh, before we started today, and uh, we were kind of uh, scratching our head a little bit. But 
you being such a baseball fan, I think we're uh, coming up with a, a fairly good trigger of the week. I've noticed this one too. But well, the past weekend, you know, the summer has finally arrived here in beautiful Minnesota, and because of it, uh, there have been some spectacular days uh, at the um, at the Twins Target Field uh, as they're preparing for the All Star Game that's going to be here this uh, this summer. And so these summer games seem to bring out big crowds, beautiful sunny day, and as part of that, I was kind of taken by surprise the other day because as the camera scans the crowd, uh, I'm sure that the cameramen have their eyes out for, you know, uh, attractive young women Mm -hmm. uh, and the such, and they certainly find more than their share of uh, scantily clad attractive women. And it, it just struck me that, you know, a guy who is struggling with some sexual purity issues might find this to be really um, distracting uh, to be seeing these women in uh, in little, you know, bikini tops and in halter tops and tank tops and that kind of thing. It just struck me like the last place you'd expect to encounter that would be trying to enjoy a baseball game on the weekend. Well, I think you could apply that same trigger principle to a lot of summer activities, parades, picnics, uh, uh, the company outing and, you know, that kind of thing. I, you know, we don't have time to talk about it today, but I think it does uh, kind of beg the question of where has culture gone in terms of uh, general modesty? There seems to be at times an exhibitionistic quality and uh, cameras will play upon that. There's no doubt about it. Well, I just figured that that one was probably worth us mentioning today as the trigger of the week. Let's now get back to uh, today's God of Second Chances uh, in our discussion of Samson. There is a point we're getting to, and maybe our audience is a little impatient with us getting to that point, Randy. All right, well, we'll get to it then. Well, we'll try to anyway. Samson, despite all this strength, we've already established that he at times was rebellious. He was kind of uh, foolish. The Bible describes him as foolish. And the point where, not the point, but part of the point we're getting to is that throughout his life, it was marred by weakness for pagan women. So when we pause sometimes and think about how some of these older stories, this is a story that's uh, a couple thousand plus years old, that, you know, we have to see the parallels to, you know, our modern day culture and modern day events and so forth. Uh, Samson was a strong man. He had a weakness and an affinity for pagan women. Now, in those days, that was incredibly important because at some point he insisted on being married to the daughter of one of the Philistines in spite of his own uh, faithful parents' objection. So again, he was rebellious. But it begins to show you that he has a weakness for women despite any of God's commandments about that. My favorite, personally, because of uh, my own history and some of the history of uh, you know hundreds of the men that we work with, on one occasion uh, in the 14th chapter of uh, Judges, uh, he was in a house of uh, ill repute. He was in a brothel. He was in a place uh, visiting prostitutes. The Philistines surrounded him, knowing he was in there. Uh, so then he escaped out the back. So, you know, a lot of our addicts have stories about close calls and, you know, and, and we have several men right now who were actually uh, arrested for the solicitation of prostitution. So, And the he, Philistines didn't think to cover the back. Uh, evidently not. And of course, remember, he had all this great strength okay. and uh, he, he may have forced his way out. But the Bible simply says he 
he uh, got out the back jack. Wasn't that a song, Randy? <laughs> You're uh, thinking of uh, of uh, uh, Hit the Road Jack by Ray Charles? I no, I'm uh, thinking about 50 Ways to, to Leave, leave your, your Lover. Oh, Paul Simon. Paul okay. Simon. Was that Paul Simon? Yes. Yep, get out the back You are jack. a music guru. Okay. Well, anyway, Samson, uh, okay, so we've already established that he's visiting prostitutes, he rebels in marriage, he has an affinity for pagan women, and now finally we get to the part of the story where he falls in love with Delilah, uh, who was a, you know, a woman from some foreign place that he wasn't supposed to be having conversation with or any kind of relationship with. The Philistines bribed her and uh, got her cooperation to try to figure out they the philistines have been trying to figure out the secret to his strength which is as you mentioned earlier on had to do with uh, his uh, hair we struggled today to kind of figure that one out but he, he his strength was contained somehow in his mighty lengthy hair basically i've always thought about the story that he must have had some kind of a codependent love addiction also with uh, delilah because she was able to ask him certain things or getting certain things out of him. He had never revealed this secret to anyone else, and he revealed it to her. So, you know, if that's not some level of codependency or love addiction, I don't know what is. So um, she cuts his hair off while he's asleep. We all know that story. Now, of course, his strength is gone. So he's uh, committed these ongoing sexual sins, this relationship sin, and that has cost him his hair and his strength strength uh, as a result of that. So, you know, it's another part of the story where I like to uh, pause and just remind uh, our listeners to think about their own relationship to this kind of story. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, their hair getting cut off, but at what point were they discovered? At what point were they intervened on? At what point did they intervene upon themselves and realize perhaps through consequences, you know, how their own spiritual, emotional, moral, leadership strength was was uh, taken away from them because of these uh, moral sins, these uh, this lack of faith in God and God's commandments. And so once Delilah cut his hair, this is this is feeding right into the hands of the Philistines. This is just what they were after. That's right. And why the why they had. Uh, um, enlisted her help or bribed her or whatever uh, to try and weaken him to bring him down. That's right. So uh, they capture him. They'd captured him before, but he'd broken out. We already established that. So they capture him now. This time, but his strength is gone. So they're able to enslave him, get him to do manual labor things, and they uh, also uh, gouge out both of his eyes. So now he's blind. Eventually, he uh, decides to... Uh, come to his senses, and he realized that God had given him his great strength to serve the Lord and his people. So in other words, in the midst of his uh, degradation, in the midst of his slavery, in the midst of his blindness, he finally comes to his senses. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. We started our series here with the prodigal son, and you know, it was after he had gotten in the pig pen, he came, t- the, the, the same, the same, uh, term is used. He came to his senses. So um, Samson comes to his uh, senses and he prays to God. It's a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer of confession. It's a prayer of humbling himself. Uh, And at that point, God gives him back his strength. And we're all familiar with uh, 
you know, the the climactic final scene of this story where uh, Samson is able to pull down the walls of some great uh, temple or building and kill thousands of Philistines in the process. You know, by the way, there's a lot of uh, God allowing for vengeance in the uh, Old Testament that does allow the killing of a whole lot of people. The God of the second chance here is that Samson's been been foolish. He's been rebellious. He's been uh, selfish. He's perhaps been addicted. Uh, you know, we can't kind of read into the Bible and make a diagnosis that's 3,000 years old at this point, but, you know, he would certainly be uh, an example of, of certain of the symptoms that, you know, we deal with here every day. I, I just love the part in terms of the God of the second chances that he comes to his senses and he he understands, I think, and this is one of the points I wanted to make today, he understands his calling. His calling was to serve and protect the people of Israel. So he came outside of himself. He, he, he reclaims or reaffirms his calling. He prays to God. He humbles himself. He confesses. And it's from that broken place that God restores his strength. Now, I see a direct correlation to the men that we work with here at Faithful and True, because you see a lot of these men who have got a history of being very successful in their careers, uh, in their, you know, their, their reputations for, for what they do or their, their past achievements. And it's kind of like Samson, you know, kind of being this star that's out there, you know, and then they let themselves fall into uh, sexual sin like Samson did. And, you know, sooner or later, this is going to lead to their downfall, just as it led to Samson's downfall. That's right. And, you know, a lot of the men that come here, they've had a downfall. You know, they've had a weakening. They've had a uh, uh, sense of uh, God taking away their their power, their success, their money, their marriage, uh, lots of things. So uh, this story is directly relevant for us today. Well, and when you start to see them... Uh, humbled by this experience and uh, and asking for the forgiveness, much like Samson got on his knees and asked for God's for forgiveness, refocused his life, refocused his energy, refocused his strength. Mm-hmm. We, in a whole other way, see men on a daily basis here refocusing their lives in a very in a positive direction. These are the kind of um, moments of uh, of great. Um, gratitude where we see these men's ma- men making a positive change in their life by reaching humility asking for forgiveness and uh kind of you know uh, calling on that god of second chances that's exactly it and uh, you know sometimes uh we've had a theme verse uh, as part of our program that we've asked the listeners to repeat to themselves when we were going through the faithful and true workbook we would occasionally ask them to repeat the theme verse uh, three times or something like that. Um, like a lot of the Old Testament characters, they occasionally show up in uh, Jesus' teaching or Paul's teaching in the New Testament, and Samson is one of those. And uh, the theme verse for the broadcast today, as far as I'm concerned, is Hebrews, actually. Paul's letter to the Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the 32nd verse. Here's what it says. This is the New English Bible. Out of weakness, he was made strong by the power of the Lord. Out of weakness, he was made strong by the power of the Lord. So in other words, 
He had been given great strength, but that strength led him into foolishness, rebellion, idolatry, enslavement, blindness. That's where that strength took him. It was only when he humbled himself, as Hebrews tells us again, that God made him truly spiritually strong. And that's uh, that's a principle for all of us to remember, particularly when we're, you know, in the depths of our shame or the sense of blindness or whatever it is. You know, we should all remember we need to call upon the Lord, humble ourselves, confess our sins, call upon the Lord, repent, and uh, he is quick to forgive and quick to restore and uh, quick to instill in us his own power, not our power, but his power. I see that's the perfect way to end today's show. We hope that that message has really rung true for you in your heart as you've been listening today. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we'd like to thank Ben Laser, our engineer and technical director, for his assistance today. We look forward to uh, joining you again next week on the Men of Valor program. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.